Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew discusses commander-related topics. And today, as always, I'm... Oh, whoa, what was... Okay, 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 okay. Just keep this in every podcast. Introductions. Ah, ah. All right. As always, I have uh, three people joining me, uh, starting with Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How's it going, Seth? Good, Domer. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Botching this intro a billion (laughs) times over. This is exciting. Uh, Next up, we got Krim, better known as the Asian Avenger. How's it going, Krim? Yo, what up, Tomer? How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Richard, aka site owner and uh, secret rendezvous uh, number one stan account. Um, How's it going, Richard? My time to shine, Tomer. It's my (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it actually is your time to shine because today we're going to be talking about mono white card draw our top 10 favorite mono white card draw cards we're going to be discussing which ones we think are the best when you're when you're building a mono white deck and then we're also going to lightly touch upon are these cards just good in mono white or would you run them in other multicolored decks as well like white based decks that are multicolored um so we're gonna we're gonna do them in kind of like archetypes uh white has some primary archetypes like blink auras uh enter the battlefield blink of or blink again uh, no it's blink equipment auras uh land deficit cards and life gain so if you're in any of those archetypes we're going to cover that a little bit later on in the podcast but first we're going to talk about you know, probably the most contentious and di- most difficult part about trying to find uh mono white card draw and that's like if you're in a generic deck if you don't if you're not in those specific archetypes that have you know multiple ways of really powerful ways of of drawing cards well, what else like if you're angel tribal how are you going to be uh you know drawing your cards to make that work uh so we're going to start with those cards first and then move on to the most powerful slash popular archetypes in mono white but before we do that we have to do two things first of all if you want to support the show uh you can head on over to the empty goldfish merch store.com you can purchase the beautiful play wants uh stapled on richard's wall uh deck boxes deck sleeves tokens and so much more at mtggoldfishmerch.com and the other way you can support the show is if you can like and subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast slash watching it if you're watching it on youtube that always supports us and, and helps us out and helps the channel grow. Uh, so please do that stuff. All right. Uh, let's kick things off with Seth. What's the first card that we would recommend uh, for generic card draw in mono white? Well, I, I know Richard would recommend this card at a minimum. I'm not <laughs> sure if we'd all recommend it, but that is Secret Rendezvous. Uh, three mana sorcery, you and an opponent each draw three cards. So uh, this is a card Richard swears by. I thought it was really bad. Uh, because uh, you're the one spending the mana, you're the one spending the card, so technically your opponent's benefiting more than you are when you cast this card. But Richard has won me over a little bit with his uh, arguments for this card and with him just playing this card. Uh, Richard's always used the argument that you can target the person that's behind or target someone that you can get political favors from. And I think the couple of times I've actually played this card, I think he might be right. Like, it, it looks really bad on paper, but it plays a little bit better than uh, than it looks. And because white is just so starved for generic card draw that you can throw into any mono white deck, regardless of your theme, I actually do think this is just uh, probably the best generic white card draw spell in the entire format. I agree. I mean, is this, <laughs> I, I, I'm not really sold on it still. Uh... 
Mm. (laughs) Even though we've seen Richard, like, kind of do work with it here and there, it just doesn't seem like exactly what I want to do for three mana. I guess, like, when you think about it in mono white, sure, but, like, when I just... I'd rather just play a Planeswalker or a Threat or something than let my opponent draw cards. Or any of my opponents draw cards. It's like anti what I want to do. I never want to be behind on cards uh, or anything like that against any of my opponents. And I feel like oftentimes I only... In a game of Commander, uh, I'm only down to mar- like moderately help an opponent. Three cards is a lot. That's a lot of help. I'm I'm a little bit won over by by Richard because I like the political aspect of it where you know in any given time if if you're in a commander game somebody's going to be ahead and somebody's going to be behind so being able to target somebody who's behind and kind of make a sort of an alliance you know be like hey uh, we're both behind at the battle at the table if I draw you some some cards can you can you like you know? Can you work with me a little bit so we can take out a mutual enemy? I think there's value in that. I it's still not enough. It's still not enough for me to actually run this card. Uh, but I, I see the merits behind it. I think having some political power is is not exactly like written on the card. It's not written on the card that has political power, but it's something you can you kind of like suss out when you're when you're playing it. So. I don't know. All right. We've talked about this at length. I don't want to go too long, but I have yeah. two arguments for you. Okay. If, if we all played mm. on mute, I would 100% play this every time, right? There wow. is always a deck that can't touch you. Let's say you're Krim and you're playing Mono Rats, and Richard over there is playing Bird Tribal or some garbage, right? Give him all the cards he wants. Like that deck cannot beat your deck, right? Like you just wrath him away, or he's stuck on two mana. Everyone else has accelerated the game at eight mana. Give him all the cards he wants. Like, he's not doing anything. He can't touch you, right? Like, playing mono blue, I have a blue sword. Take all the cards you want, right? So there's always an opponent who won't leverage the resources, and you you give them those resources. And the other argument I would say is if we were at a table and I cast Secret Rendezvous targeting Seth, Krim and Tomer are very, very sad, right? They would 100% want me to play a Painful Truths, right? They are down bad, right? Like two players are down super bad against the table. Seth is loving it, right? I'm loving it, right? right? right. But one opponent is loving it, two opponents are hating it, right? Your opponents are net down. You're also net up because you did three mana draw three, right? You would three mana draw three snap in any color, right? Plus your opponents are net down. It's just all good, right? And but one of your opponents is net up higher than you because they just yeah. drew three for don't, zero. Don't target the guy that has unlimited mana that's going to combo kill you. Target the one that has garbage or his mana screwed or whatever, right? Like you get the just, choice in where you distribute the power. Like if you know there's a deck that literally cannot touch you, then your deck your deck hard counters theirs. Yep. So giving them cards is irrelevant. I don't think that hypothetical really happens. By the that way, happens every like, week on Commander Clash, Tomer. Every but like, week. Okay, so you're like, oh my goodness, but, this guy brought a deck that hard counters my deck by okay, accident. Okay, but like, right? but like, I, that's where removal comes from, right? Like, if you're if you're playing like like we played recently on Commander Clash, uh, Seth was on Go Shintai five-color Enchantress uh, Pillow Fort. I was playing an aggro deck. I know, because I've played five-color 
enchanters before many times uh, that my deck gets hard countered by it. Like, too many pillow fort effects, eventually I won't be able to touch that opponent. Uh, if Seth casts a secret rendezvous on me, though, what that means is I just got three cards closer to my farewell that will absolutely blow him out. Sure, his count his deck counters mine, but I still have removal, and I still have stuff that's going to really make him regret drawing me three cards, even though he hard counters me, you know? So, like... I mean, I agree I, I don't, you can come scenarios where this is, like, Chaos Warp can always flip someone into a Sandworm Convergence, sure, <laughs> right? But what? Like, overall... I mean, that, any deck has going to have removal, like, and you're just getting them three cards closer to their removal that can blow you out. Or, or, or you're holding a Counterspell in hand, or you target the player you're about to lethal kill. Like, you know, there, there are many ways around this, right? You need to strategically think where to point the resources, but three mana... Like, I play this in... Azorius decks. Like, I'm not even Whoa, kidding, right? I play... No, 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 you guys, you guys you're heard me. You're kidding, right? You're kidding. This is like Desperation card draw. This I legitimately think oh, this is God. one of the best card draw spells in the game. Oh, right? no. I, no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 okay, okay. Ristic Study or Secret Rendezvous? Ristic Study. Ristic Study is clearly broken. Okay, but there's no, there's no three mana draw three, right? Like... There's very Painful few curious? in the game. <clears throat> yes, Painful if you're playing curious. black and okay. more than, you know, three colors, right? And that's the only one, right? Wait, but there's so you, like... You really play this in multicolored decks. I was going to yes. say I would play this 0% of the time outside of Mono White. You've kind of won me over on Mono White, Check my but... control decks. There's a secret rendezvous in there. Why? Okay, you know why? why? You have so I will many give options. you all the creatures yeah, you, you want you while so I wrath away your board and lock you down, right? Like, I value... But why don't you just play Considerator? Oh, my goodness. But Richard also runs Corgotographer in green decks with, with rampant growth effects. So, like, I don't, I don't even understand this. <laughs> guys, at this okay, point. okay, we'll check back in 2023. See if you guys <laughs> yeah, get sure. on the secret rendezvous uh, trade. Like, mono white, mono white. I'll give it to you. I'll give yeah. you like if I really, if I, if I'm not in the archetypes that are good, you oh, know. Right. So all three of you I'll think it's it. cope, right? Only mono white when you're desperate, and I yes. think. Lead is yeah. Zori. The only reason the you don't play it five color, color is double white not. is really hard. But if you can get double white to work, then you're good, right? I've played in any color decks. Wow. Wow. Blue, blue does not need... Okay. All right. All right. Richard. All right. You guys would... I can't convince you guys, okay? I'll just, I'll just have to okay. keep jamming this card in every color combination possible okay. until you guys get right. it. It makes sense in maybe mono white. I'll, I'll give you that. Come on, you put it in Azorius? That, that's, that's a meme. That's, that's, a, so that's brutal. So All right, we're going to move on. Uh, Krim, what's our next card? So up next, we've got Mind's Eye, which, uh, for those that don't know, that's a five-mana artifact, uh, and whenever an opponent draws a card, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card. This this card is a card I used to play a lot in like almost every like red deck or a white deck and things like that, uh, but... I don't know. I, I'm not playing this anymore. I don't think this card is good anymore. I think for five mana, it's just not doing enough for me. Unless, like, it only goes in, like, a few decks. Like, maybe, like, an artifact deck that can, like, cheat this out pretty easily. Or get some kind of, like, reduced cost on colorless spells. But for five mana, I'm not playing this. I I am right with Krim. This used to be my go-to in mono white, in mono red. If you look at my old decks from, like, five years ago, it was going to be there every single time. I'm looking at my decks now. 
I just don't really play it anymore. I think there's a couple of like weird theme weeks where I've played it recently where you had to use like old border cards or like weird things like that. But in a generic deck, it's just too slow. If you think about how this works, five mana to cast and then one mana that you have to leave up. And if you want to do it on your each opponent's turn, you're going to need to leave up three mana each turn. That's eight mana to draw your first three cards. Sure, it gets better from there, but it's just it's way too much mana, way too slow. And we are getting secret rendezvous now. We are getting other cards you're going to see on this list that weren't oh, no. in existence five years ago. So, so now you just don't need it. You don't need it anymore. <laughs> secret Rendezvous made this one oh, obsolete. This is your list. Exactly. Exactly. Every That's card is Secret Rendezvous. The GOAT. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually pretty happy because I feel vindicated because I remember you guys would roast me when I said Mind's Eye was a bad card. And, and just, I feel good. I feel good. This card has been trashed for a long time. I think it was better when you had less options, right? Uh, that's that's a no-brainer thing. But like, yeah, spending eight mana to draw three and then going from there, uh, it takes a long time. It takes too long for it to get valuable, you know? So I would I actually run Secret Rendezvous over this. This, this. this this was from the dark times where we actually had no white card draw and you would pay eight mana for three cards and be happy with it. Uh, I will note this is one of the very few burst white card draw spells. So all the card draw spells we're about to talk, they're like very incremental. Like you got to play stuff, you got to do stuff. You draw one at a time, but this one card could theoretically draw you like eight cards or something like that, right? So it's mana intensive, but you could actually like refill your hand with this if you're somehow left unchecked and, and did all this. So it has a purpose, but eight mana over three cards is like maximum, <laughs> maximum cope. I, I, I would not want to be doing this in 2022. If you're ramped on deck, I think I would run this. Like, if this was a mono green deck that just is like, I just just vomit out lands and I have like eight mana on turn four or something. I could I'd see rather this, just play you know? like Eldrazi that draws four cards. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why I'm bothering with this man's eye if I'm ramping like a crazy person. I think this only can go in like an artifact deck. That's about it, really. Yeah. If you goblin welder it out, would that be worth it? Would you put it in like a like a, a red artifact deck, maybe? I had a red artifact deck, and this was in there. But then I took it out. It just isn't enough. Yeah, I, I bet you an Esper Sentinel draws more cards than a Mind's Eye, easily. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, Esper Sentinel... Yeah, why why am I bothering one? tutoring this thing out and welding <laughs> it? Like, just use oh my God, Esper Sentinel, right? We didn't put Esper Sentinel on our list, by the way. Oh. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Oops. I think that was goaded. No matter what, like, everybody just kind of knew that was... All right, yeah. We'll How sure. did we miss that? Oops. Uh, Richard, can you tell us about? Uh, we'll just we'll, we'll just bump everything down. All right. Uh, we'll bump uh, everything down. So Esper Sentinel, single white mana. It's a one one. It's a human soldier artifact, so it has many relevant types. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card and lost that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. Not as good as Ristic Study. But still pretty darn good, right? And I've never seen this thing go negative. You at least draw one, right? If you draw two, it's like the greatest spell ever. You draw three, it's a secret rendezvous, so obviously it's good. Uh, you, and you can draw a lot more, right? So this thing, even late turns, is pretty good. Uh, and the only knock is not as good as Ristic Study, but that's like a super high bar, right? This is still auto-include, um, you know, in every white deck. It 
Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about this. I think this is definitely better than Secret Rendezvous. <laughs> if we're yeah, going like, to go what Garbrose Battle, yeah, like, like, what? Is that even a, does, like, actually, Surely Richard it, agrees with that, right? Actually, the, that's that's we're not questioning. They're both S. They're both S. No way. Do you need me to pick amongst my children over? Do you have to? S Sentinel, I would say, is the best white card draw ever printed. Just like goes yeah. in every deck. You don't have to build around it. It could be played on turn one. And we actually have the stats on it. I, ha I have the stats built up. Uh, we we, we uh, tracked the number of card draw we got in the last season of Commander Clash. So in our own play group. And we're all familiar with, you know, stacks effects. Uh, I would say we try to pay the one for it. Usually, like, we're trying to make sure that, you know, the person doesn't draw too many cards. I turn one. So on an average, I turn one. Esper Sentinel drew an average of six cards. Six cards in an entire game. Turn two, two cards. Turn eight, one card. So obviously, uh, diminishing returns on this card, but it's a one drop. If it draws two cards on, if it draws two cards, it's already like insane. It's taxing your opponent, so it's not free. Like if it doesn't draw cards, it's not doing anything. It's still doing that. It's a one drop. It's an artifact. It's easily tutorable. Like. It, it gets even better in like equipment decks anyways of pumping it like this card is insane insane like this is legitimately a good card I, yeah i think this no, is really like peak white card draw yeah this like what it should look like it, it also it synergizes is... with all the other white card draw we're about to talk about it's a weenie yeah. creature so it triggers like yeah. mentor it holds equipment uh it's an artifact uh, so it actually synergizes. You can also like bring it back with like Sun Titan and stuff like that. So it synergizes with everything White does. Uh, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's really, really strong beyond its like actual ability. Again, yeah. Like, this oh, is would what you I just imagine White cards looking like when it comes to draw? Like this is what it should be. Would you run Esper Sentinel in multicolor decks? Yeah, one hundred percent. Some of them, yeah. Five color. It's only a single it's, white. <laughs> do you run it in a five-color deck? Hmm. Why would you not? <laughs> I don't I think mean, it's that strong. It's not Ristic Study good. Like, remember, it only triggers no. once. So, like, in the right. late game, it's really easy. Like, Ristic Study, it, the, the tax is still going to add up because it triggers every single spell. With this, it only triggers on the first non-creature spell. So, in the late game, it's pretty easy to, like, cast a spell, pay the one, and then just have your turn. So, it... I don't think it's, for me, quite like five colors, you know, double S played in every single deck. It is one of the white card draw spells on our list that I'm most likely to play in other archetypes. If I'm playing like a Boros artifact deck or something like that, definitely going to be in there. Some sort of weenie theme deck, definitely going to be in there. But I don't think it's quite like Ristic Study. I just played in every single deck that can cast it because it's, it's always absurd. This isn't quite that good, but for white, it is super strong. I mean, I'd probably put it in my Azorius decks. I do put it in my Azorius decks, actually. It's not as good as Ristic Study, but it's still like an incredible card. I don't know. Yeah. So like, it's so like low, low opportunity cost. You know, you don't have to build around it. You could if you want, but like, it's so good. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. We got. Wait, is it me? It's you. Get it. <sighs> we haven't done one yet. All right, sweet. Oh, we got a card that, that, that the crew is very lukewarm about. I feel like this is going to be like the next Cursed Mirror topic. Uh, this is Wedding Ring. It's a new card 
from uh, the Midnight Hunt. Or, no, it was Crimson Vow uh, pre-con deck. Uh, surprise, surprise, not available online because like a lot, a lot of the pre-con <laughs> cards uh, from the last two years were not available online to us. Hopefully it does show up at some point. But that means we never got to play it on Commander Clash. Uh, I have seen it played in paper decks, though. Um, so this card is two and double white for an artifact. that says when it enters the battlefield, if it was cast, target opponent creates a token that's a copy of it. And whenever an opponent who controls an artifact named Wedding Ring draws a card during their turn, you draw a card. And whenever an opponent who controls an artifact named Wedding Ring uh, gains a life during their turn, uh, you gain that much life. So you and your opponents, you guys are wed for the rest of the game or for as long as these Wedding Rings are intact. Uh, whenever one person holding a Wedding Ring draws a card, the other person uh, draws a card. And whenever one person draws uh, gains life, the other person's gaining life. Uh, there's I mean, caveats around that, but that's the gist of it. You're basically kind of like a group huggy. You're, you're, you're working with one of your opponents uh, to draw cards and gain life together. Um, what do you all think about this card? To me, that sounds like Secret Rendezvous with extra steps, honestly, as you're reading that. Like, isn't <laughs> it doing the same thing? You you're, spending, <laughs> you're spending all the mana and you're benefiting one opponent equally? Like, isn't isn't uh, if i'm understanding that very confusing wording correctly like that's what's happening right like i give it to tomer whenever you draw yeah. a card i draw a card whenever i draw a card you draw a card that's pretty similar to secret rendezvous to me so uh the problem is it's four mana but i think any issues you have with secret rendezvous about benefiting opponents i feel like i would have the same issues for this card because you're the one spending the mana and your opponent's getting equal benefit out of it and i'm paying like four mana on an artifact and all of that like yeah like i i don't know i i don't know if this is like better or worse than a secret rendezvous because i'm still out on that one <laughs> but like I, I will i will say that it's not it's not ideal <laughs> this is four think... mana and then you like draw one over the next like three turns to match a secret rendezvous right this is not anywhere close to a secret rendezvous right this is actually to me a worse mind's eye somehow right like you pay a lot up front and you get like very incremental card draw very slowly and there's like no real way to like game it because they have to draw during their turn mm -hmm. so you need instant speed card draw to fire off on them for you to draw back but you might as well just use it yourself but, so, you know so it's a little weird i'm not sure what you do with this maybe it's a combo piece like maybe there's some combo potential here but this seems like worse mind's eye to me. It's like really slow and then you still need to work for it and your opponent can get around it as well. Like they could snap off instant speed card draw at other times so that you don't draw cards. So it seems weird. I don't know. Does anyone well, I mean, have a real use case for this? <laughs> like what, what is the That's actual... how you game it, I think, is you you play it in a like a draw go style deck where you're drawing your cards um, not on your turn. So like, uh, for example... <laughs> What was that? It's what's not the one. It's the it's the Afara, God of the Polis, like that mm. sort of style deck where you're drawing a card on your opponent's turns consistently. Whatever, we'll, we'll go past it. Uh, Seth, what's what's the next card on the list? 
Next up, we have the one land on our list in War Room. War Room, uh, colorless land, comes to play on tap three mana, tap it, pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity, draw a card. We actually recently talked about this, I believe in the, the utility land tier list, and I think we were all pretty high on it, and I think one of the things that came up during that podcast is it's especially good in monocolor decks and triply good in uh, monocolor decks in colors that struggle to draw cards like mono white. If I'm building a mono white deck, this is the first land I put in my mana base every single time, 100%. And it is good enough that in two and even some three color decks, I will play it because I really like lands that can draw me cards. I really value having the option to draw a card when things go wrong and I don't have anything to do. I like having a land that can uh, can give me that value. So I'm really high on War Room, especially in mono white, but in other decks too. I I think War Room's just a, a, a sweet card in monocolor and two color decks, right? Like, it's just, like, you always, why wouldn't you want that attached to your land? Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't, I'm not playing anything past two colors. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much the same. Like, in a mono white deck, yeah, I'll probably put it in my deck. I still don't think it's a very good card. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. I think paying four mana castle. to draw one, uh, pay four mana to draw a single card, like even in mono white, like again, I can draw cards pretty easily in mono white as long as I'm playing a good mono secret white Secret rendezvous, deck. yeah. As long as you're playing yeah, secret was, rendezvous, you're good. You know, if you have secret rendezvous, this is better than secret rendezvous. Also, the biggest thing is that mono white really needs basics. You really need basics. Yes. There's going to be some cards that are all stars, like actually I insane. I agree so, so you much, need... but not a secret rendezvous, Tomer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Richard. Tomer's the, just projecting all of my thoughts, but secret rendezvous stops. <laughs> you've gone too far. I, <laughs> like, I'm not with you on cartographer's off either. I'm sorry, Richard. You, you don't need this card. Like, I, I find we never actually activate it. And I'd rather just have a basic. So this is like kind of a lukewarm card for me. Like, you know, we don't activate War Room that often, right? So you might as well have the basic for your land tax or for all your fetching or for your Ameria. Like there, there are reasons to run basics, right? Or, you know, you cut this for a channel land or something, right? Like you have non-basic slots that you can put in. So it's okay, but... In 2022, it's not as desperate. If this was like five years ago, you would slam this in every deck and like oh, yeah. love it, right? But now we don't run into cards, even in mono white. So I don't really need I, it. I just saw you cast as uh, off consumption recently, Richard, or play as a land. Can yeah. you use that same argument? Like, oh, I'm not going to cast this that often, so I shouldn't even play it in my deck. Like, does it matter that you're not going to activate it that often? The upside of War Room is in those situations when you do activate it, it's going to be really, really good and give you a way to uh, get back in the game when you're empty-handed when things go wrong. So I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't know I about think, the argument that, like, I'm not going to use it very much because the, the point of it is it's where you couldn't, valve. you couldn't ramp out enough basics. Like, there, there, there's a there's a choice. I, I feel my choice of Ameria plus Sword of the Animus plus Land Tax outweighs whatever war room gets me, right? Of course, there are situations where, you know, I'm in the Stone Ages, I wish I had a war room, but I feel the other side, you know, when I build my deck correctly and it's doing what it wants to do, the upside of the basic uh, is more than war room, right? And it's not really you're choosing war room versus planes, you're really choosing like war room versus Vesuva, Thespian Stage, uh, Ondu Inversion, right? Like all these other cards. And, you know, I think I'd rather put the channel land or something in, you know what I mean? Or a Sejiri shelter even so maybe, much. right? Like <laughs> we agree so much. I know it's over. I don't know why we don't <laughs> I know Crim's so, with me. Yeah. I, I love War Room, yeah. Like I I love my Well Crim's draw go. Like this yeah, is like, much better than draw go. 
Yeah, Castle like, Lock Twain. But, I sit there, do nothing. Oh, like, this no. is perfect. Like these are these no. are cards I love attached to my lands, right? Like this is what I want attached to my lands. Um, and look, if I was if playing Mono White Drago, I would I would value this very highly. All right, <laughs> if I'm like, I don't know what what Mono White Drago is there. I don't even know. Oketra. No. <laughs> I Mono White Control. Didn't Richard play Mono White Control once? I think yeah. he did. Right, he did. Yeah, he definitely yeah. did. It's not draw go though. It's tap out control. <laughs> you can't draw go in mono white. So you, yeah, what you, you just cast white mean lion every single turn. <laughs> like, Whoa, draw go. <laughs> I'll mana tie thee. Watch out. I have open mana. Um. All right, war room. Um. That's a card. All right, we'll move on. Uh, so, oh, this is oh, a spicy yeah, so one. I am next. Uh. So the next card is pursuit of knowledge which is three and a white. It's an enchantment. Skip drawing a card. Put a study counter on Pursuit of Knowledge. Remove three study counters from Pursuit of Knowledge. Sacrifice Pursuit of Knowledge. Draw seven cards. That that's It puts you up three cards. It's pretty good, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I dig this. I think this is a, an interesting card, but it is four mana. <laughs> is there any downside to, like, skip drawing a card, put a study counter on... Someone removes I, it. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> that, that's the downside, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Because like that is like kind of scary. I uh, I don't know how much I like that part, but I I think it works, right? It it seems good. Is this good for four mana though? So four mana draw four essentially, right? Yeah, but like in but some weird janky way with extra steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what it's good. My my, I don't think you can play this fairly. That's where I'm at with this card. Yeah. Like if I'm just gonna run this out on turn four and not draw cards until turn seven in hopes of it going off, I think I'm gonna have a bad time. Like someone's gonna kill it. I'm gonna need those cards to like stay alive over the next three turns. Like, uh, so I don't think you can play it like that. But if you can build around this in a way that you can draw those cards quicker, and I don't know how you can do this easily in mono white. That's the main problem. Like I imagine <laughs> if you're in like Selesnion, you got the Sylvan Library that just gets you there right away, or a brain storm gets three cards right away and you like end up benefiting a lot but i don't know if you can do that in mono white so i think that's why it doesn't really see that much play but that's kind of where i'm at i i could not imagine just running this out in a generic deck without building around it and if i'm going to build around it i'm probably not mono white because white just doesn't have the support pieces i totally agree with that he's just like we're, we're the cards we already talked about it's like how many of them can draw cards so quickly that pursuit of knowledge is like good oh also question for you all uh if somebody played a pursuit of knowledge and you had a disenchant in hand if you had a way to destroy it and it wasn't even the best target on the battlefield would you still use your disenchant on it oh yes after this, after two or three or no? turns yeah so you gotta you gotta wait you gotta wait until they skip a couple draws and then you get it's like getting yeah. a it's like getting a getting a bounce land with a strip mine of course like that is just value it's extra value how could you not do that <laughs> i feel like that makes it even worse as a card because even if it's not the correct thing to blow up like as soon as you put two study counters on it you know it whoever has a removal spell for it is going to do it because it's hilarious well and i mean it probably is the correct thing too because seven cards is a lot that's a one-sided like once you get to that point like that's refilling yeah, that's your true. hand like it, it probably is the correct target a lot of times it's not seven, right? It's four really. mana draw four, which is less exciting than four mana draw seven. But it's also four mana, so the chances of you blowing out are really like if it was one mana, you could get like one mana, 
Walla Omen Spirited Companion untap and like laugh your way to the bank, right? But at four mana, mm-hmm. it's hard to chain off enough spells to like not get totally blown out. So, but I think it's interesting. Like, like we said, there's not a lot of burst card draw in white, and I didn't know yeah. this card existed. And now that I do, I need to think of ways to make it actually it's work on the list. So they reprinted it on the list, and manner. it's pretty cheap. It- it combos with Secret so Rendezvous. <laughs> yeah, it does combo with Secret Rendezvous. This is the card that breaks Secret Rendezvous. Oh, I'd rather just Secret Rendezvous without having to spend <laughs> seven mana. Just imagine are we, the flex, Are we though. really comparing every Ooh. card here to Secret Rendezvous? <laughs> that should be the, that's going to be the title of the podcast. amazing the compared to this? Like, you don't have to combo <laughs> anything. You just play it. We're looking at, like, just these terrible thumb, cards right? that nobody thumb, runs like, oh, and be like, wow, is Secret Rendezvous. than Secret Rendezvous? <laughs> and like, That's legit the bar. With a, like a you know how we can compare everything to Ristic Study? We compare everything in white to Secret Rendezvous. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the next Cyclonic Rift? I don't know. Check the Secret Rendezvous. <laughs> okay. All right. We're, it must be getting to the weird hours because now we're also comparing it to Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we're pretty lukewarm on this. Yeah. Endless Atlas. It's a two mana artifact. You pay two, you tap it. Draw a card, activate its ability only if you control three or more lands with the same name. Definitely sounds like a monocolor card. <laughs> right? I you mean, have to have three lands with the same name. This this feels like bad war room to me. Like, why why would I take a non-land slot out of my deck to play Endless Atlas if I can yeah. essentially do the same thing with a land and use it's, that it's slot efficient, on, a, right? on another. It's two mana right. deck. War Room is basically four mana because you got to tap the War Room and the land. Yeah, it's definitely more efficient. It's but more efficient. Doesn't but play it's taking basics. a slot out of your. It's taking a slot out of your deck though. You're you're, yes. you're losing a, a, a non-land slot out of your deck compared to War Room. I feel like they're very similar though. Like they they go in the same style of decks. Obviously geared towards monocolored. I feel like if you're not playing War Room, you're not playing this. That would be my take. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it, there's no way you don't like the like you don't like War Room and then play this. The, like War Room is just better, and it isn't on an artifact that can get blown up pretty easily. Would you play this in Azorius control? Like some kind of two color like slow deck, right? Like you're not you know trying to aggro someone. Like is this a thing? No. Do you still have that three lands with the same name? Yeah, so like that's achievable in a two color deck, right? It is, but it's harder to yeah. achieve for sure. I don't. I don't like this card. I, I used to run it in mono white decks and mono red decks, and I start cutting them all out because it it looks to me like a bad Phyrexian Arena, which is a card I'm still not very high on. Paying two mana every single turn to draw a single card is just like, it's not good. It it, it look. I it's my same complaint with Warren, by the way. But this is even even easier to activate. Like this is more realistic to activate. But like, I don't like this card. <laughs> Plus, like, most of my really easy better. Like if you're playing a really slow deck, like a controlly deck, where you know yeah. you're just gonna go long and like grind it out, it's like not the worst. But yeah. I wouldn't throw it in generic deck. I think again, secret rendezvous, three mana draw three. This is six mana draw three. Oh, sorry, eight mana draw three over like three untaps. Right, so it's like super slow. Isn't this that... had to be one mana to activate? Then I, I mean, it. I feel like if you're gonna play this, what about just playing Mind's Eye? When you say eight mana draw three, like that's the same math as Mind's Eye, and then Mind's Eye is cheaper for the rest of the game. I guess the upside of this is you can get it Come down out. earlier, but yeah. are you gonna 
do you want to spend your uh, i don't know play this on turn two and turn three tap it draw a card go like that doesn't feel very good either don't so develop I want, your I board of, whatsoever like i kind of feel like i'd rather mind's eye i guess if you're stuck on lands you can't use this so maybe, maybe you're right <laughs> maybe you just do yeah. go with the mind's eye i might go with mind's eye over this personally mind's eye is more consistent yeah this card's doo-doo <laughs> All right, well, there's a, there's a recurring trend here. Better or worse uh, than Secret Rendezvous? We're going to get to the good stuff now. This is the good stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so, so so we talked about generic draw, and surprise, surprise, uh, a lot of the generic draw is bad. Uh, we talked, I think I think of, of those, uh, Esper Sentinel, we all agreed is very good. Secret Rendezvous, we all agreed is, is at least somewhat playable. And then the rest, you know, we had some discourse on that, you know? Uh, but here, uh, this is the real heart of card draw, I think. It's when you are going into specific, specific archetypes that white is is actually really strong at. And the first one that I want to talk about is equipment draw. So if you're if you're a white deck that is focused on equipment, you got Sword of Fire and Ice. It's an equipment that gives you protection from blue and red, and it draws a card uh, and deals two damage whenever you're dealing combat damage to an opponent. Uh, Mask of Memory is my all-time favorite. Uh, when you deal combat damage, you draw two and then discard one. So draw two, discard one. That's absolutely insane. And then obviously there's the the best, most broken equipment, uh, arguably is Skull Clamp. Uh, you give a creature plus one and negative one, and when the creature dies, you draw two cards. Um, not only do you have in, in mono white, you have these equipment cards, uh, but you have, you know, uh, other ways of drawing those cards as well. Um, you know, like Pure Steel Paladin and, and Sram Senior Antificer that draw cards when you're, whenever you're casting those equipment. And white is actually one of the best colors for, uh, tutoring equipments too. Like Open the Armory, uh, Steel Shaper's Gift, Stoneforge Mystic, and yeah, just, there's a bunch so what do you guys think about about these? Uh, anything pop out to you? Do you think this is like legit good card draw or kind of a meme? Cope. Is this cope? I mean, I think the equipments are probably among the best ways to draw cards in white because white decks, like you said, naturally synergize with equipments. And most of them are just good cards like skull clamp mask memory sort of fire nice you can throw those in any deck with a reasonable number of creatures and you're probably going to get value out of them so i think uh, just as far as power level these are almost like in some ways generic card draw spells uh, like you know, sort of fire nice you can throw in any white deck and it's going to be one of the better card draw spells in your deck same with mask of memory like unless you're some weird white deck that doesn't actually have many creatures in it i feel like these are these are pretty generic like sure they get better if you're an equipment archetype but even if you're not an equipment archetype i think these are just really good cards yeah i i oh i like i don't know some of them i worry my it makes the most sense in what mono white's doing uh, like that's they usually have low to the ground creatures, things like that. But I think I I, I don't know about uh like sword anymore. Fire and ice is like okay. I think skull clamp and stuff like that is what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, so people will be like, oh, their equipment. They go with any color deck. But like you guys said, right? You have Stoneforge tutors it out. You have like the the bestowed one, not the bestowed one, the renowned one, renowned one. Uh, you have Esper Sentinel, like the, sta the, the staples you play in the color hold swords. Even Cartographer's Hawk, even though you guys don't agree with me, right? But like the staples of the color are well suited to work with these. 
Uh, so you don't need to run like literal Voltron, but like SRAM and stuff like that, right? You can just slap it in and put it on your any creature because white is creatures, right? Just like when you play blue, you don't need specific like instant sorcery synergies. It's like what the color kind of just does. So white typically just has creatures uh, trap this onto. And uh, the CMC of these is actually very good. It combos with Sun Titan, Savine's Reclamation and stuff like that as well. So you have all kinds of synergies, and I would consider these like really strong cards, and I would play them in all color decks, but especially white, because white synergizes so much with them. To go along with uh, what we were talking oh. about, uh, with the equipment card drop, there's also a couple of creature pays off for it. Pure Steel Paladin, SROM, Senior, Edificer, two drops that draw you a card when you play an equipment, essentially. Uh, so uh, I think these are a little different than the swords and the Mass of Memories and the Skull Clamps, in that you do need a bunch of equipment to make these good. Sword, you can just play in a random deck or Mask of Memory or Skull Clamp. Pure Steel and SROM, you actually need a critical mass of equipment or it's not gonna be worth it. What I wanted to ask you, but if you have that critical mass of equipment, it's gonna be insane. Like these are some of the most powerful cards. Pure Steel Paladin also allows you to free equip once you get metal crap. Uh, if you have three or more equipment or artifacts on the battlefield. The question I have for you guys, obviously these cards are great if you got a bunch of equipment, bad if you don't. How many equipment do you need to run these? If you're building a white commander deck, what's your what's your threshold of equipment before you're interested in adding a pure steel or a SROM or this effect to your deck? I want to say six. No, Ooh. probably more than that. Maybe eight. I think eight is my is is where I want to be before I add these cards. Actually, pure steel, I probably added a little bit earlier because the equip zero is like super easy to get, you know? With or artifact like, lands not running and other pure artifacts, steel. yeah. Yeah, and like you're going to be running artifact ramp and stuff, and like the equip zero is like super useful. <sighs> but and, like if you the card have... draw is nice, but like I wouldn't put SRAM under eight. But if you don't have many equipment, is equip zero that good? <laughs> I guess I guess there's still a little bit of correlation there. So I think you got to be a lot higher. Yeah, it's got to be. I was going to go like fifteen, maybe like definitely wow. over ten yeah. for me. Twelve, fifteen before I'm really really excited about these I'm pretty cards. sure my random Dude. white deck has more than six equipment. Like, two boots, dousing dagger, sword of fire, ice, mask of memory, uh, skull clamp, sort of the baby. animus, sort of hearth and home. I'm already at seven, and I don't jam these into, like, literally every deck I build. So I think you actually need a super critical mass, or you need a combo. Like, maybe you're playing, like, Colossus Hammer or something, and you need that actual equip for pure steel, but yeah, I think it has to be, like, dedicated Voltron. So my Boros equipment deck runs twenty equipment. I just yeah. can't. Oh, yeah, that's a lot. That's that's plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's like way. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like way. That's like on the extreme end. Like I probably have too many equipment. <laughs> I mean, uh, so in that deck, Tomer, are those like your best cards? Are those just like some of the most powerful? I would assume that with that many equipment, these got to be the cards you want to see in your opening hand, like every time, because they're just so great if you have that many equipment. Right? Like Boros has other cards yeah. similar to them as well, right? Like in the Boros colors, I, but yeah, yeah. I think Pure Steel Paladin is the single best card in my deck because the Equip Zero is so useful. It's like literally ramp. It's like the best ramp in the deck. And then you're drawing cards too at the same time. SRAM is like significantly worse, but uh, I mean, it's it's like, you know, cantripping all your all your equipment is still very good. Uh, and they both hold equipment too. So yeah, those cards are insane, insanely good. Pure Steel is like one of my favorite cards of all time. People miss that about white, that even though it's got the reputation of being bad at drawing cards, like if you're in the right archetype, you could argue white's the best at drawing cards in specific archetypes, because these cards are just like bonkers. 
gotta finish this podcast so I can show you Thank guys you. Uh, any archetypes can draw cards. <laughs> Thank you. But the, I, I think that was like the, the biggest thing is the reason why I want to do this this podcast is like everybody keeps saying that white's bad at card drawing. It's like if you're actually in an archetype that white actually is good at, like white is really good at drawing cards, like insanely good at drawing cards. We saw how how much like, we played light paws recently, and you saw how much Richard drew. He had he drew more than the rest of the table, and it's like yeah, because. You know, auras is what what white is really good at. Equipment's really what really good at. You, you can't say like an aura deck doesn't have good card draw. And speaking about that, by the way, Krim, can you tell us about auras? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> as you know, uh, like mono white has its artifact side, but it's also really good with its uh, aura side, as Tomer's mentioned. So you have cards like Core Spirit Dancer, uh, which is a two mana uh, zero two. It gets plus two plus two each aura attached to it. Whenever you cast an aura spell, you may draw a card. Uh, and then, of course, there's uh, Sage's Rivery, which is a four-mana enchant creature. Enters the battle. It's an enchantment uh, aura. Draw a card for each aura you control attached to the creature. Uh, and enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each aura you control that's attached to a creature. So, like, there's a lot that it does here. Uh, but I think one of the coolest things is, like, how solid the, like, the Enchantress cards are. Like, you have... Uh, you have Core Spirit Dancer, you have Saram, you have Mesa Enchantress. So if you lean into like the the creature side of Mono White, uh, like I I like that Mono White has a lot of its like card draw attached to creatures, and and, and like and tax effects. So I think that's these things are great and auras, of course. This is my favorite archetype of all time, by the way. I, I love I love I love white based aura decks so much. Sage's Reverie is like the best card ever printed, and and, and I want another one. Please give me another one. It can draw you so many cards. It draws you like six cards when you cast it for four mana. This is insane. It's insane. You'd never see that on a white card. And it, it's so good. And it pumps it. Oh, I love yeah. it so much. It does it all. What? What's <laughs> What's better? Okay, so, so you're building a white deck and you care mostly about drawing cards. Do you draw better if you go into auras or equipment? Like which which of those is a better card draw archetype? I'm actually curious because they're both really strong, auras. but... Auras, probably. Auras, auras. yeah. Okay. Because you have more, essentially, pure steals, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you you get more of them in the Enchantress colors, and then your enchantments also cantrip. Like, a lot of enchantments Mm -hmm. cantrip themselves. And you also get the Broken Land, which is Sarasanctum. So, I... And then you also get Broken Commanders, like Light Paws. Like, okay, what's the best equipment? You know, like, so I think... Yeah. Auras is more powerful than equipment, but... Like, equipment is, like, it's not bad. It's really good. It's just being outdone by auras. Equipment's far more popular. Equipment is 10 times more popular than auras will ever be. Equipment, finally, finally, auras is getting acknowledgement because of Lightpaws being utterly busted. But, like, if you're looking for a a cheap mono-white deck that draws a lot of cards and you're doing it on a budget of, like, you know, $50, you can have a disgusting aura deck for $50. Whereas... An equipment deck is going to be expensive. You know, you want that sort of fire and ice that's going to cost you thirty dollars. You want that that pure steel paladin that's going to be twenty dollars. You know, you want you want those good tutors that's going to be expensive. In auras, what your sage's reverie is less than a dollar. Uh, oh, you want a, you want a good tutor? Uh, Helian's pilgrim is like ten cents. You know, like <laughs> all these like insane cards for auras is like the amount of aura tutors in white is absolutely insane. There's like the open open the armory. There's Elan tutor. There's Helian's pilgrim. There's three visits or three dreams or whatever. It's like five mana. You you tutor up three auras. Three. 
in your hand. It's like what the mana efficiency is insane. And like three visits, what like a dollar? It's a dollar card. Like, oh, this is such a good archetype. It's so no good. It, I wish like, people. You would never play Sage's Reverie outside of Auras, <laughs> but you would definitely slam Sword of Fire Ice into random yeah. decks. So like yeah. any half decent equipment becomes very expensive. And then yeah. Auras, like you gotta play Auras. Are you playing Auras? If you're yeah. not, then like they're utterly useless. So that's why you gotta the be all really in. Good. Yeah, you gotta be all in. But when you're all in, oh my goodness, my be- my favorite work that uh, I can talk. I can talk an entire podcast. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> all right, we'll move on to the next one before I gush too much. Uh, Richard, what's our, what's the next archetype that we think draws lots of cards? All right, we have Weenie Card Draw, headlined by Mentor of the Meek, a three mana two two. Uh, when a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield, you may pay one and you can draw. Uh, and then there's other similar cards. Um, Welcoming Vampire, it's one per turn. Uh, Bygone Bishop, not card. as good. Investigate. Uh, but I don't know how people see these cards and not say white it has like one of the most broken card draw ever. Because you... Like, basically everything we've talked about so far combos with this, right? You play Mentor, and you play Pure Steel, you draw a card with it, and you get your broken Pure Steel. You play Esper Sentinel, you get card draw off of it. You know, whatever you're doing, uh, you can draw cards. And we're not even talking about broken synergies, like you raise the alarm or something and draw, like, two cards off Mentor, and then you skull clamp them all and draw eight million more cards. Like, Like, everything in white synergizes together, and... I mean, you guys always mock me that I just play White Weenie no matter what I'm doing. I'm playing, like, Azorius Control, and here comes Mentor of the Meek, right? Because it's such an efficient card draw, and it's doing what my colors want to do. And, yeah, like, all decks are White Weenie decks, because why not? (laughs) (sighs) Are these cards that good? Like, uh, (gasps) so they're good. They're they're obviously good. They're good. Don't you love Mentor, Seth? (laughs) They do have pretty, like strict requirements of having small creatures do you ever run into issues where you want bigger creatures or you feel like they're if you're playing white ramp cartographer's hawk loyal warhound knight (laughs) of the white orchid weather wayfinder right all of those white staples are weenie creatures recruit of the guard esper sentinel like stoneforge mystic like basically everything worth anything in white is a weenie creature and it combos with mentor right so Okay. I'm never okay. desperately looking for creatures because, you know, you may not like Cartographer's Hawk, but well, Loyal Warhound, that's a real card, right? <laughs> no, Weathered Wayfarer, that's a real card. Combos, right? I mean, I uh, they're good, but I do feel like I... I don't know if I play them in every white deck. I feel like there's some of my white decks where I just don't have enough small things to trigger them. In uh, uh, Similar to SRAM or these other cards we've been talking about, in the right version of white, the right archetype, this is going to be the best card in your deck. Uh, welcoming Vampire, Mentor of the Meek, one of the best cards at least. But again, like I don't think I would play it in just any, any white deck. I think there's some that I build where they just wouldn't trigger consistently enough to make it worth it. I, I think that, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, Mentor of the Meek, Bygone Bishop, those are like, I don't know, these cards, these three cards are pretty good. When you're playing mono white, I think it, it it's almost in every mono white deck because they're always going to trigger. I don't know. I, I, I think there doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to have a requirement of like a creature cap or a limit to play these. Uh, as long as you're playing mono white, these are just in there. Uh, especially something like, you know, Welcoming Vampire. I think that card is just one of the sweetest new cards because you don't have to pay the mana. Uh, so yeah. 
I'm more I'm more leaning with with Seth on this one where I need to make sure that like my deck at least has like 10 cards that will trigger these these cards. And while I do I love welcoming vampire and I do like mentor of the meek a lot. I will say I'm not a fan of bygone bishop. I don't think no, it's a good card. That one's worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's the so, worst one of them. Rank them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Welcoming what, what Vampire and, and Mentor of the Meek are enter the battlefield triggers. Bygone Bishop, you have to cast a spell, and then you have to pay two mana to to get that card draw, which is the same problem with, like, uh, we were talking about Endless Atlas. Like, spending two mana to draw a card is a lot. I just don't run Bygone Bishop in any deck, honestly. I would go I would go Welcoming Vampire, Mentor of the Meek, and then uh, Bygone Bishop. In a vacuum, I would agree with that. Although, I think if you're like a token deck or something, then Mentor the Meek gets better because you do have those crazy yeah. alarm synergies and so forth. But in just like a vacuum, I think I would rank it the same way. With Bygone Bishop like way at the bottom because that card's pretty bad. I, I wouldn't play, play Bygone Bishop. I mean, yeah, Bygone Bishop played in dedicated weenie decks, right? Like really dedicated <sighs> weenie decks. But generic, like luckily Vampires in every white deck I have. Uh, yeah. So that one always goes in. And then mentor sometimes and then bygone like almost never unless i'm playing raise the alarm or something you know desperate times right like <laughs> <laughs> well raise the alarm doesn't work with bygone again you gotta cast it no okay i, I guess cast like, the creatures all like, you know, some kind of weenie deck where you're going super wide and pumping you know what i mean like that style deck yeah. you might actually yeah. use the bygone bishop because once you get past three mana you have nothing to do with excess mana right so <laughs> you i'm sinking I mean, into bygone I think that I think part of the power of Bygone Bishop is if you can use artifacts for other things. Like we've seen this with like food and treasures. Like if you're tapping it to inspired statuary or like if you have these synergies and shenanigans just for having artifacts on the battlefield, then I think it goes up a lot in value. But if we're just evaluating it as like card draw, even if you got a lot of weenie creatures, two is just too that's too much. Like how often are you gonna be able to pay two? Because it's for every creature. It's not like you pay two once, like Every creature you get the clue and you got to pay two to sack it. So if you have additional artifacts energy, so then I think then I think I like it. All right, we're going to move on to a, a Richard special <laughs> of an archetype. So what, what do you got for us that uh, we consider a good card draw archetype? All right, so we got uh, ETB card draw creatures. Uh, there's a there's a pretty huge list of these actually, but uh, stuff like Wall of Omens, a two mana zero four with Defender that when enters the battlefield draws a card. Spirited Companion basically does the same thing. Two mana draws a card. There's three mana versions. Priest of Ancient Lore, Sky Scanner enters the battlefield, draws a card. These are cards that. I've played a ton because I love Panharmonicon, and these are like the foundation of Panharmonicon style decks. And my impression of these cards is if you're just playing them once, they're pretty bad. Like if you just run out of Wall of Omens, draw one card, that's pretty mediocre. It's nice that it replaces itself, but it's not exciting. Where these cards become really exciting is if you have Panharmonicon or you have blink effects. So you're able to reuse that trigger when your Wall of Omens is drawing you two cards, that's pretty above the curve. If it's drawing you three or four cards over the course of a game, that's, you know, you're getting into Asper Sentinel territory there where that's like one of the best effects in the format. So that's kind of my rating of them. If you're a blink deck or have other ways of reusing the trigger, really, really strong. If you're just a generic deck and you don't have those synergies and you're just drawing one card, eh, probably not worth it for most decks. I feel attacked, Seth. <laughs> really? Did, <laughs> you remember the time synergies? you had a spike field hazard, a skyscanner? <laughs> but you were blinking it and reanimating it. You were like doing all those synergies with it. So you were drawing extra card like every turn. So I would say white synergizes with all these cards by default. 
your wallet, like maybe not wallet, let's say spirit companion, synergizes with Venture the Meek, right? Synergizes with Sword of Fire and Ice, right? If you have a random uh, ephemerate in your deck, a blink spell, like it's probably good, right? Because you can blink Recruiter, you can blink any of your ETB ramp, all of those, right? Uh, there are certain cards that make this really good. Sabine's Reclamation, uh, Sun Titan. These are all white staples. You would play them, right? And this gives you access to card draw. And it gives you a blocker to not die. You say, well, Richard's so tough to kill. You know why? I have blockers, <laughs> right? So you have to like chew through the blockers to kill me, right? So there's so much value here. And I think this is the number one reason why people don't think white has card draw. They don't play these because they think it's a useless creature. But would you play opt in a blue deck, right? It's a cantrip, but the rest of your deck synergizes with it, right? Like you have Ameria, you have uh, the thing that reanimates, uh, you know, the wrath that brings back all weenies to your hand. Like you have so many ways to reuse this that you don't have to quote unquote build around it. If you're just playing white, right? You automatically do all these things. So that's why it's really, really strong. And yes, I play Skyscanner, and yes, you guys keep exiling it because you're so terrified of it. Terrible, <laughs> right? Like, is that not proof enough for you guys that you guys keep exiling my Skyscanner? And I'm very upset when it happens. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like, when you're saying like Seven's Reclamation is like really good with it, I don't know. Seven's Reclamation. The reason why Seven's Reclamation is good is because you're getting back a wall of omens. It's like. This is a very good card, and isn't it, you that can worse get a wall of omens. Cracking a clue or something like isn't that paying a lot of mana? You're, you're already, card if you're you're already playing that? this card, right? You're already playing this yeah. card in your deck, and it's another point of synergy, right? You're already playing Sun Titan, right? And this is a way for you to dig for answers with your Sun Titan, right? Like you're already playing Ameria. This is another thing that synergizes with it, right? I'm not I'm not jamming a wall of omens in a random deck. Like I agree that it's good as an archetype. Like like it's very much like aura. It needs to be an archetype. Like you're not gonna just jam a a, a, a sram in a random mono white deck and be like, well, it draws me cards, so hopefully I will draw cards off this. Wall of omens, like if I'm paying two mana to draw a card and have this like a random blocker, uh, yeah, sure, that's that's something, but. I feel like everybody else is casting spells that are more powerful than this, and I'm not going to be like, all right, I'm playing, I'm playing equipment, and I'm going to play the spirited companion in my equipment deck, and I'm going to run like a fair ephemerate and stuff just to get extra value. It's like, no, I feel like I could do better things that are more powerful in my deck. I, I but if it's a blink deck, I like it. I like they, it in blink decks. They they do have the drawback of being below the curve creatures. Like every creature on that list, if you look at its stats, like. You're kind of getting penalized for its ETB trigger. Skyscanner is the biggest example. Three mana, one, one. Like, not very powerful stats. So I feel like you have to you have to have enough synergies to make it worth it. Because as a creature, they're not very good, right? Or, you're, Richard, your argument's just, my white deck is always going to have those synergies. Like, if yes. I build my white deck correctly, it's just automatically going to have these synergies. So even though I'm not consciously trying to build around exactly. it, my white deck is, like, naturally built around it, essentially. Yes. So you're just saying you, you build the same white deck every every single time? Yes, actually. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> that's, that's why all my decks are white. They all start uh, with white like until they pivot uh, into something, right? Because it just looks like all the good white cards are weenie cards, and they all synergize with each other, so they all kind of look the same, right? Just like 
You start every blue deck the same way. Ristic Studies, Cyclonic Rift, right? You start every white deck, Spirited Companion, Sun Titan, no. Cities Reclamation, right? Like, you just compared same. Spirited Companion to Ristic Study, Richard. Just, just take that in for a moment. I'll show you how value... I don't play Farewell because these cards are so good, I can't exile them. Oh my god. Right? Like, Richard oh did get really goodness. mad when I spike field hazard at Sky Scanner. I think yeah, that's the that, most that mad was... I've seen Richard in a commander game. He <laughs> <laughs> had plans for that Sky Scanner. They hold they swords. Plans. They hold any sword, right? They prevent you from dying. Yeah. Tomer only plays powerful cards, and then people remove them, and then he doesn't have dirty blockers to, you know, block the 2020 coming his way, right? But I have a spirited companion sitting there because who's going to remove that, right? And then I if I remove all my cards, it doesn't matter what cards I had because they were all removed. What, if I had a bunch of spirited companions and you removed all my stuff and I died? Well, you play spirited companion into your good bomb. They remove your bomb and then you block with spirited companion, right? <laughs> I don't have room for mediocre trash, though. Like, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Krim, you like Carson Castle Artivale. I mean, How about this? <laughs> oh my god. That's desperation, card. Richard. I was spending That's a card desperation. On <laughs> Come on, though. Castle, Art Castle Artivale is a good card. All right. You okay. don't even think it's Do good, Richard. You're that, just looking for an ally on this. Here. Do not put that in here. You know that card is good. I'm not having this discussion about that. <laughs> All right. I'll get you guys. These are good cards. You play them generic. I play them in generic decks. I don't play Look. in them specifically blink decks. But you guys think it's all cope and only in panoramaicon blink decks. <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> cope. It's like like I've I've had blink decks where it's like you mass blink everything, and that's where these are cards are really good. Like glorious protector, you exile everything, and then you return back to the battlefield. Eerie into dude, and then those cards become like draw five, draw six, and that's like insane. But like I don't know. I'm not putting a spirited companion in my random. Random one. You have to build Spirit and Companion Voltron or something and suit it. I'm sorry, Richard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sky Scanner, Bottle White All Star. I play Sky Scanner non white decks all the time. Why? Oh, no. Why, Richard? Why? Oh, no. It holds equipment. Okay. Comment section Will you run Sky Scanner in random decks? <laughs> For the value. All right. All right. You guys win. All right, Crib. Tell us, tell us about the the other form of card advantage in in white that we like. I I, I guess like this is like oh mono white card advantage. I don't get it, but whatever. So we have cards like land tax, Archaeomancer's map, Gift of the Estates. Uh, if you don't know what those do, so like yeah, like land tax. Uh, by now, if any of your opponents have more lands than you, you can look through your deck, get three planes, and then of course you have uh, uh, three basics. So, yeah, three basic planes, sorry. And then, okay. No, 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 no. Not, not, it doesn't have to be planes. Oh, any just basics. basics. Oh, any, any basics. basics. Oh, any basics. Sorry, any basics. Now you get islands with this and I'm stuff. just used to seeing them in mono-white decks, so I guess, like, there's no other reason for them to get a non-white <laughs> basic. But, yeah, Archaeomancer's map is another artifact. Uh, it's just when it enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic planes. Reveal them, put into your hand, and shuffle. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Uh, so like yeah, like just like more ways to get ahead on like when you're behind, I guess. Like these these all these things are like kind of card advantage, I guess, if you think of it that way. But I look at it as like just something like if I'm behind, I don't think this does much for me. I, I feel like or if I'm ahead, these don't do that much for me. Right? Like it is is these cards don't seem that great. I think I, land tax is the single best card on this list. I mean, That's Land Tax is a You mean like the whole list? The whole list. Of the entire not, not, list. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the, the entire, entire list, Land Tax is the best card 
out of all of them in terms of value. I mean, Lantex is very powerful. I don't know if it's the best on the whole list over Esper Sentinel. I don't know about that. I think Esper Sentinel is probably the closest comp competition, yeah. The other... I don't know if I consider these card draw, though, honestly. Like, they are card advantage, but I can see where Crim's coming from with not considering them card draw. They are only finding you lands. If you need a Wrath to survive, if you need a threat to close out the game, unless you're jumping through some hoops and playing scroll racks or way to, like, turn the lands into other cards, they don't really just draw you cards. So why I think Lantex is very powerful, and I think Gift of the States is uh, very not powerful, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't really consider them card draw in, in the traditional sense of what I think of as card draw. Card advantage, but not card draw. As, as much as it pains me, I agree with Tomer. I think this card is over Secret Rendezvous. I think it's actually Ooh, over the, single, <laughs> the single best card. So, the Secret Rendezvous. People say drawing lands is not drawing, and I think that is 100% false. So obviously, if it's like turn 10 and you're trying to dig for a Wrath, yeah, this is horrendous, right? But if you think about your opening hand, how many lands do you have in your opening hand? Three, four, right? And how many do you want to end up with when the game ends? Like, all those extra lands, you needed to draw out of your deck, right? And this is a one-mana draw three, one-mana draw five. Uh, it ensures you hit land drops the entire time. Uh, and you can also do shenanigans like scroll rack. But, I, I, like, even without scroll rack, I would 100% play land tax. It's a reason you don't play war room, right? Because you need the extra land to keep pulling mm -hmm. out. Uh, I think it's the single best white card draw, right? Because you need to hit land six, seven, eight. And, you know... Where are you getting them from? You got to draw cards, <laughs> right? You got to draw cards, and this is the card draw. And it's better than Gift of Estates. So you might look at Gift of Estates and say, that's budget land tax, but you're just going to discard a hand size, so it's useless, <laughs> right? Like, land tax allows you to incrementally draw, get to the right number of cards. Uh, it also randomly shuffles. It randomly deck thins, if you care. But uh, essentially, you get to draw <laughs> whenever you want, right? So I think it actually is the best card on this list and it's a reason to not play mdfc's or channel lands or you know insert s tier utility it's actually one of the few reasons you have to make that you know decision and think about it we one fight so three. much richard and then we five. have like these we're, we're like so in sync with these other things like, we're so close we just gotta get together so on close. the spirited so companion and secret ride <laughs> this, is, this is like why i love the card it, like if you like missing a lane drop is so backbreaking when you compare it compared to like any sort of like Mindstone or Arcane Signet. Like basically, the the equivalent of like missing a land drop. Uh, like if you compare it to any sort of ramp card, like only Mana Crypt and Sol Ring are are superior in terms of like a, a land drop. Like if you're hitting your land drop, it's better than like any other ramp spell uh, that you could be casting. If you're if you're casting a Mindstone and you're not playing a land for the turn. Uh, it's just infinitely worse. And land tax makes sure you're going to hit your land drops for the rest of the game. Um, it can be a turn one play, and it's always going to be good on turn one as long as you're not the person who goes first in the uh, at the table. So not really hard to to play around. Uh, if you're in a two color deck, it gets also the basics from the other other color that you're running. So it's good even there. I I would even consider it in some three color decks, but one mono color for sure. Uh, two color, absolutely. Three color maybe. Um, and also, I I even think of it as like you like five D chess deck thinning. Like if you don't want to be drawing lands anymore, keep 
keep saying yes to the trigger on land attacks. You'll discard down to hand size. Great. Now my Sun Titan that I can get back that that basic planes that I put on uh, in my graveyard or my Sevens Reclamation can now ramp me out uh, basic lands as well with, with land attacks. So it's like it's like it's, like, it's amazing. Uh, not to mention like scroll rack. Like if you have a scroll rack in your deck with land attacks, it literally turns this card advantage engine into card draw. You just like you take scroll rack. You you take all those basic planes. And you just shove them into your into your library, and you draw cards instead of them uh, to, to get actual gas. Um, so that's like one of the best combos and or synergies in in mono white. This card's insane. Like I think it's the best. Like people people say like, oh, you're crazy. Lantax is not the best white card, but I think white Lantax is probably the single best white card in the okay. format. Let me let me I, ask I, I, let me ask you guys. Oh, go ahead, Crim. Sorry. I agree that Lantax is very good. The others are not. <clears throat> I don't think yeah, the other the, ones are. The, good. That's the thing. The Atlantax is obviously just like a very, very powerful card. There's a big gap. Arcanomancer's math is great. Arcanomancer's yeah, is like real good. It's not available online, but I I have it in in, in a couple of my decks. It's it's really good. Like worst case is drawing you two lands, which is not ideal. But like if you ramp out an extra land with this, this is insane. It's good. Draw two lands reach, and right if you're if someone has yeah. more lands than you. It's a Kodama's Reach that sometimes do, does better than a Kodama's Reach, you know? Which, I mean, imagine a mono-white Kodama's Reach. Like, come on. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, it also sometimes doesn't Kodama's Reach, right? Like, it's yes. conditional. Yeah. Its floor <sighs> is you get two lands into your hand. It's always going to do that. But right. is it divination. going to ramp you? <laughs> no it's that divination is its floor. Oh, I, I really take issue with considering this card draw. It's not card draw. Like, why? I don't, it's, okay, it's, okay. It's here's, here's my question. You need to draw why? lands and spells, right? You can't yeah, just draw only spells. I feel like, okay, like, is Opt a good card? I think we all agree that Opt is, like, a reasonable card. One mana draw a card. Why isn't Lay of the Land busted then? One mana, search for a basic land, put it in your hand. Or, like, uh, you well why the basic we, land. we normally don't consider... <laughs> We normally don't consider things that tutor Ido. A land in your hand is is actual card draw. Like Landex is busted. It's a great source of card advantage, and it has all kinds of shenanigans. But I don't think these cards should be on our list. I think we should but, cross them off. Edit this part out, Tomer. YouTube, YouTube is this card but, draw? Let me know in the comments. Back me up. I don't up, think it's YouTube. card draw. I think it's card I think advantage. It's card I was yeah, being exactly. sneaky because okay. I wanted to talk about it. But like Opt is you. You, you used one card to get one card. Lane taxes used one card to get three cards and then six cards and then nine cards. <laughs> like that's that's there's a difference, right? It's not a cane trip. It's it's definitely card advantage because okay. you're putting you're getting you're having an advantage of cards, a net gain of cards. Is it card draw? No, because okay. it doesn't say draw card. Uh, it could only get you. Uh, a very specific type of cards, but it puts a lot of extra resources into your hand, and I think those resources are super valid or okay. like super important. In a, in I can, a game. I, I don't can think get it's behind that. I, 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 I can get I behind, behind that. that. And I would say, so you guys are pointing out, like, what if you're ahead on lands, right? Then this thing does nothing. And properly constructed white decks will always be behind in land <laughs> uh, because all the white ramp requires this, right? So you will play. Yeah. Uh, Lotus Field, you will play Bounce Lands, you will play Karoos to reduce the lands, Urza Saga, right, to reduce the number of lands you have. And the only time you're super punished is if you're literally the first player and no one ramps and you don't draw uh, one of these effects. But otherwise, you can pretty much control it, right? And you can even do desperation things like strip mine someone knowing that you're drawing the land back, but that's a little desperate. <laughs> but there are ways to control the number of lands you have 
And it's not just for this card, right? Like all of your actual ramp photographers, Hawk, Loyal Warhound. Um, does Weathered Wayfarer have a stipulation on it? Yes. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you, you need to be running all this deficit stuff anyway to, to make it work. So I don't consider it a real drawback. And the upside is just so tremendous. Like one mana draw five, one mana draw six or whatever, right? So yeah. Plain text. Best, best white card in the format. That's my take. That's my take. I stand by it. Better than Swords and Plashers. Better than uh, better than Secret Rendezvous. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Better than Esper Sentinel. Better than Esper Sentinel. Maybe Esper Sentinel is better. I'm not sure. Actually, I think, no, I think Lantax is better than it. After looking at the stats of how much Esper Sentinel was drawing, I think Lantax draw, doesn't draw. It draws more. Card advantage is more. All right. So smothering next Tithe? Up. All right. Better than Smothering Tithe? Oh, okay. Better. So that that's probably the yeah. That is one's that, close. That's a pretty good card. Okay. I, I've heard about it's, that it's, card. Yeah, it's I'd have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, that, I'd have that to is think about that. Close. Is it better than Smothering Tithe? I'm not sure. All I'm right. Next sure. up, we have. I don't. I don't, I don't think it, there's no way it's better than Smothering Tithe. Okay. This is not smothering. We'll do a cast on it. The, the, the land is <laughs> well, yeah, smothering. Life gain card draw. So these things draw you. When you gain life. So, well of Lost Dreams, four mana artifact. When you gain life, you may pay X, where X is less than or equal to the amount of life you gained. If you do draw uh, X cards. Uh, Donna Hope uh, was a recent card where uh, two mana enchantment. Whenever you gain life, you may, pay two, you may pay two if you do draw a card. And it also makes soldier tokens for mana. Donna Hope's doo doo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is this good in life gain decks? Even <laughs> I don't like paying two mana to draw a single card. I think that's the, like endless atlas. We talked about that. I don't like paying two mana to draw a card. And then there was another card we talked about that I don't like paying two mana to draw. Oh, bygone bishop. This is like the same tier for me. I don't like Donna. It's, it's, a, it's the, a mobilize or something as well, right? Like, I mean, it, yeah. It well, does have the draw pay one, draw one. That's good. It, it does have the upside of making the tokens too with lifelink. Like it's a nice mana sink for the late game. So you get a little bit more than just pay to draw a card, but yeah. The other one is very good. Well, Lost Dreams, I think in, in a dedicated life game deck where you can just Which, uh, We've talked does. about yeah, a white white's good at gaining life, but I do think you have to be like a life gain archetype to play it. This is another card I wouldn't just be like, oh, my white creatures often have life link, so it's probably going to work out. Like, I think I actually want to be actively like trying to gain life. But we talked about earlier, uh, white's not very good at burst draw. It's got a lot of these repeatable draw a card, creature under its battlefield draw a card, but it doesn't have a lot of ways that are like, hey, draw seven cards, draw f- whatever. Like, that's just not what white does. This is one of the rare effects that does that, where if you can gain a bunch of life, you can just refill your hand or more in one shot, which is, I think, really, really powerful. So narrow in what archetypes it goes in, but in those archetypes, all-star. Great, great, great. I think Wild's really good. Yeah. Well, well, one of my like one of my uh, I, I think that one still stands the test of time, right? Especially in what all the incremental life gain that they just add to white cards nowadays. I I think it's just I think this is a very good card in white. Little expensive. Is it that off good. from Mind's Eye? Like it's like this massive thing you got to plop down, and then you got to pay mana equal to the cards you draw. But this has the added hoop. You got to gain life. Like, is it really that? But you're in tar- a life gain deck. Is how hard is it to gain life in a life gain deck? Yeah. So but your so mind's for- eye. I don't need to do anything. You just gotta wait for your opponents. <laughs> like, I don't no, know. Like, is it pretty close? Like, you guys really like it? 
So it's a little risky. Four mana versus five, and you don't have to wait. Like you could just be like, I drop five on my turn. You know, like I gain five, I drop five. I think the value is being cycle. Yeah, the I like the burst aspect of it. I, that's what makes it different for me. When I've played Mind's Eye, I found that I get into trouble sometimes where I like want to be drawing cards, but I can't really afford to be like leaving up one mana all the time. Or it gets it's just very clunky how you have to leave up the mana for it. The upside of this is you can use it once, refill your hand, and then not think about it for a couple turns while you're deploying your cards. And then once yep. you get in that position, do it again. So I think the fact that you can draw all the cards at once rather than spaced out slowly over the course of a few turns. Uh, I, that makes me a lot higher on Well of Lost Dreams and the decks that can support Four mana Well of Lost Dreams, one mana to gain, I don't know, say three <laughs> life, pay three mana to draw three, like... Well, Th- that I was think eight it's mana, two cards to draw three and hope you untap again, right? It's, I mean, uh, I think it's, it's a little like, risky, right? I think you're hoping I, that you're gaining life for free, that you, you oh, have so something on the battlefield that's gaining life for... Right, yeah. Okay, 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 I can see that. Which I feel like happens more often than not, right? In mono white, yeah, I like I say, it's better than Mind's Eye. Okay, yeah. Not that Mind's Eye that's good. That's good anymore. But. <laughs> I, also, really I also appreciate right? like, but you can pre-spend some of your mana to make it easier, right? I also yeah. like that Mind's Eye. You have to wait until you're you have to pass a turn. You have to pass yeah. a turn and draw your cards. And then this one is like you can you can draw one card and then you can cast that card that you that you drew. So I think that that the timing of it is a little bit better. We, um, we also saw yeah. Phil do disgusting things with Well of Lost Dreams and Aloro, <laughs> which just gains you well, random life on your upkeep, oh, yeah. and yeah. no one dealt with Well of Lost Dreams, so he uh, had a field day yeah. drawing yeah. off of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's also Tremendous good. upside when it works. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. I think my guard's still these. There, okay, so there was one card I was thinking about, like, wait, there has to be something that's life-gaining that uh, was recently printed that I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's not quite for a life gain archetype, but I guess it works best in that. Uh, it's Sagarda's Splendor. This is uh, a four mana enchantment, two and double white. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, note your life total. It's a lot of notation in this card, which is always a great start. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card if your life total is greater than or equal to the last noted life total uh, for Sagarda's Splendor, then note your life total. Uh, when you, whenever you cast a white spell, you gain one life. I think this is a card for a life gain decks as well. It's like oh. a it's like a Phyrexian <laughs> Arena. You so you're drawing one card per per upkeep, uh, but your opponents can deny you if you lose life if your if your if your life total is lower than the last time it was noted. But it can also gain you some life in a mono white deck, especially because if you're casting spells, you're just gaining some life too. What do you guys think about this one? I don't like that it incentivizes your one. opponents to attack you. <laughs> yeah, like you draw one and yeah. like I think it incentivizes your opponents to hit you to get your life total down so you don't draw a card. So I think I'd want to be like yeah. pillow fording or like a, a dedicated like hardcore life gain deck or something. Uh, but I think just like running it out there, I'm a little nervous about how much heat it's going to draw to as people try to keep me from generating that free card advantage. That singular card. <laughs> people no, like legitimately people will punt you like hit you just for having life gain. Like more life than anybody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like like they they will they will kill you for a lot less, right? And like I I've seen tables where people like there's a Brea. There's a full. They're like setting up, but like this person has sixty life, so let's just <laughs> kill them. This just gives them even more incentive to kill you. Well, yeah, it's 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 good. like you, you you pull this off, and you've got four mana Phyrexian Arena. Like, 
Like, what? You're, it, it also it also draws you. It also gains you life. So like, if you have a lot of cards that care about gaining life, you know, like your Well of Lost Dreams, or whenever mm. you gain a life, you get put a counter on something. Like it does that as well, which is I'd, equivalent to like a two mana <laughs> artifacts. You know, like. I play it. I play it in a life gain deck. Like if I got extra synergies, but. In a generic deck, I don't think it's going to work out often enough. I, I This is mostly based on playing it in standard and thinking, oh, this is going to be sweet and draw me an extra card every turn, and then realizing in practice, like, that doesn't usually happen, and a lot of times it's not actually drawing an extra card. It's drawing an extra card, like, half the time or something, which is a little less exciting. You're going to be this narrow. You need to draw a lot, or you need to do something. Like, I don't want to jump through all these hoops and then get, like, mediocre card draw, right? Like, I think... Yeah. A lot of the generic card draw we talked about is just like straight up better. So just play that even in your life gain deck. Like why jump through all these hoops and then end up with these kind of mediocre results? <laughs> like, all right. So this card is kind of very meh. Uh, we'll I, move I think on. This card is just bad. I don't even think it's meh. <laughs> uh, I don't know about all it. Right, even though it was released like two sets ago. <laughs> That's how bad yeah. it is. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to uh, the, the Richard special, the deadliest card for both me and Seth. Uh, what do we got here? <laughs> oh, uh, we have a Coveted Jewel, a card that Richard has played uh, to pretty great effect on Commander Clash in various decks. Coveted Jewel, uh, I don't think it actually made our list. It's six mana, enters a battlefield, you draw three cards, and then you can tap it to add three mana of any color. However, if you get hit for combat damage, that opponent gets to gain control of it. They get to draw three cards, and they get to untap it. So essentially, Super Monarch on a on a six mana artifact is how it often plays, where uh, it's going around the table. Uh, this is a card that I don't think I've ever just played, uh, although I have seen Richard go off with it in Blink style decks. If you can keep reusing its Blink effect, it's kind of a huge burst of card advantage. Would you just play this in a generic deck? I feel like Richard is going to be the one that says yes. It always works, like he does with every other card. Just because he, I he would, kills but... us with it, he keeps killing us with it. That's why. That's why he thinks it's good. But it's only because we're just a slave to card draw, right? Would you run this in other playgroups, Richard? It's three mana draw three. Okay, so because you you pay six, right? You get a you get a refund of three. You're in white, the blinking colors, so you can follow your guardian, you can flicker wisp, you can do things to blink it back, and since you're in white, you're playing all these useless weenie creatures that can actually defend it. You have enough like <laughs> jump blockers and random crap to like block and not get it stolen, and in the worst case, it gets stolen, all the heat is taken off you. You just drew three cards, and then you know someone steals it, and then all the heat is to kill that person to get the three cards, right? So, you know, and you may not have creatures, right? If you put this in your deck, you probably have a lot of creatures to defend and reclaim this. I actually think it's really strong. <laughs> like, it's really strong. Hearing, like, it's it's so good. <laughs> hearing Richard talk about this, I think he's just described, like, his whole theory of winning with Mono White in Command. Like, everything Richard's saying, if you're thinking about it, it's like, oh, my Wall of Omens is, like, essential because it's defending my yeah. Cuffinage. Well, it's this list of, like... <laughs> Horrible, horrible <laughs> cards, but when you put them all together, it, so, it somehow makes a good mono white deck. He has one deck list. He has it's one deck list, and it's always the exact yeah. same cards. And he's like, well, it's really good with my spirit of companion that can block for it. It's like, what? 
okay. And then I blink it from all my blink cards that I keep running. Uh, Richard, this is literally your deck list. That's like the best. Yeah, this is like a list of deck cards you run. Hey, what, what do you see around the cards? You ever see around the cards? Nah, man. I got all the bad, all the cards I ever wanted. We have like a we have like esports week coming up, and he's gonna be like, I'm gonna play this mono white League of Legends deck, and it's just gonna be like, well, Spirit of Companion is Ezreal, obviously, and. Uh, uh, this coveted jewel is the jewel that Vi needed. It was like, Land, you know, Land all right. Max is going to represent Piltover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good like, oh, Richard, though, you're right? just running the exact same deck over and over again. <laughs> we need an intervention, all right? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm no. going to leave you, I guess. You guys don't, you guys don't <laughs> like it? And better uh, or worse than Secret Rendezvous? Secret Rendezvous is way better. I, oh. I feel like if... I was playing the richer deck. I would really like it, but in the decks that yeah. I play, I don't. Really, I don't really like it. Well, what, what if you couldn't defend it? What if it was just literally like three mana draw three, and then your opponents can all take it if they want, right? Like, is that good enough? No. Mm, I mean, I no. like the monarch, and this is like super monarch. So, me. No, probably not. <laughs> That's even worse if this is super monarch, right? Because everyone definitely will kill you then. Well, and Monarch comes attached with, like, an ability usually. You're not just paying six mana to, like, put a Monarch emblem on the table. Like, you're getting a creature out of it or, like, some other ability. So, I'm going to say no. I don't think I don't think playing it fairly is good enough for non-Richard players. For Richard, apparently, <laughs> apparently it is because we always lose to it. So. Just, just play all the cards together and you'll see how great <laughs> they all are. If you just keep playing the Richard deck, it'll be great. I don't, if if you don't have like synergies, I'm not running this card. Would you run it if it. you had synergies? Yes, what I will run it by mono though? red artifact deck. Like if it's really good, like scrap. Like I don't think it's good in mono white. Honestly, I think it's so okay. much better in mono red because you can goblin welder it. Like oh, so you draw four cards and then you use it for mana and then you goblin welder it back into the graveyard. Nobody can touch it and you get another artifact and you do that over and over again. That's that's sweet. I love that. That's my value train. Mono white though. What? How are you even blinking at Flicker? Is there a mono white deck you would play this in though? That's the million dollar question. The blink deck, maybe. I don't know. Are you ready? Little <laughs> like, is Heladir Guardian <laughs> Flicker Wisp not playable cards? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, all, all the cards pieces stars. I list to you are like white staples, right? They're not like these obscure niche cards. <laughs> You're playing them already, right? They're so good in modern. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 you curve Yo, out with Thalia, right. like, Wait, right. Come to Jewel is not legal in modern, is it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if it were... I gave, I gave him ideas, I don't know. <laughs> uh. All right, uh, we'll move on. Uh, this is a card that I just kind of added. Uh, <laughs> I think it's good. I, I think I it's good. I don't even know why this got added on the list. I was like, oh, oh wow, okay. It's the last uh, one. Okay, so the last card of the night is an <laughs> artifact, uh, and it is Idol of Oblivion. It's two mana, tap, draw a card, activate only if you can tr uh, create a token this turn. Uh, eight mana, tap this, sacrifice Idol of Oblivion, create a 10-10 colorless Eldrazi creature token. What? So, you you all yelled at me for for Castle Ardenvale, right? Like, like the, you're what you're you not, mean? dude. Castle Ardenvale is better than this card. Would you just activate War what? Room <laughs> instead of using Ardenvale? Yeah, I, would and activate, I would activate Ardenvale. I'd activate War Room. I'd do any of those over this, right? You, this card is gas. What are you talking about? Is that, oh, hold on, are you trolling me? I, can't, I, can't. I mean, you ain't so, caught, 
it's zero mana. You, you like I think zero. that's the that's the upside compared to a lot of these other things where it's like two every turn, four every turn. I think if you're like tokens, then this card's really good. I would yeah. play this in basically any token deck. I would not play it because I got a Castle Arden Veil in my deck or because I just like have a thing that makes a token. No, 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 no. You got to be like actually right. making a token every turn for this to work. Uh, so it's to me, it's a little bit like token. I don't know, core spirit dancer or something. The same or sages yeah. reverie. Like if you're yeah. in the right archetype, really, really good. Uh, every other archetype, absolute trash. It's, it's like my favorite tokens card. Tokens, yes. Yeah, but, but like I, I just can't like I could play Castle Ardenville across the board. All right, I'm just saying. This one, yeah, you have to take a look at the list because all the other card draw I think is actually straight up better. Like Mentor, what? The, unless you're making like five five tokens, right? But like Mentor, Welcoming Vampire, Skull Clamp, like there's other white card draw that synergizes with tokens. So. Depends on what your list is to see this makes the cut, but I, I wouldn't say this is like the best card in your deck. I think it'd probably be one of the first ones you cut unless you're somehow making like five five tokens or something, then you know all the weenie card draw goes out the out of the way. So I don't know. I think it depends on the list. I, I'm not sure I haven't built too many token decks, so but maybe. It doesn't I, fit the Richard list. <laughs> no. There's no spirit of companion that makes tokens. Yeah. Yeah. Spirit I, don't companion is a token. I don't think I've seen Richard play this card, so I know it's not on here. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. not a part of his usual deck list. <laughs> but you can make an Eldrazi how... out of it. <laughs> For eight I mean, minutes. It's probably bad because I haven't I haven't seen Richard play it, and that's how I evaluate white cards. Has Richard yeah, beaten no. me with it on Commander Clash? Then it's S tier. Otherwise, All right, it's raising the alarm in every deck. <laughs> Idol of Oblivion. <laughs> we'll get it done. But by that one, card, yeah. like, Anointed procession. S tier. I feel like this card is just overlooked a lot. That's why I kind of throw it on the list. Because like, I, I see people running token decks, and then they're not running Idol of Oblivion. And it's like... If you're running Welcoming Vampire in a token deck, this is like your second Welcoming Vampire. It's probably you pay zero to draw a card. Red or blue. Like something that makes beefy tokens. Usually white makes like weenies, but if you're actually making like yeah. three threes or four fours or something, constructs or whatever, right? Like then this gets a lot better because the other ones don't work. But even if you're if you even if you're just making one ones, like okay, you have one welcoming vampire, you have one mentor, mentor me. one you can buy on the bishop's kind of garbage, so <laughs> But then you have to rendezvous. Like, I don't know, is your deck just only card no, draw? No, like, you got to make some cuts, Come on, Richard. <laughs> I, think it makes, I think it makes a cut. Maybe it's not the best card in the deck, but I think it would be part of my card draw package and tokens. And I would play it over mm. secret rendezvous and tokens. <gasps> <laughs> I, I yeah, I would never that, touch we'll secret rendezvous further. <laughs> and tokens. <laughs> All right. Uh, well... We went through a lot of cards, a lot of cards. Um, general thoughts? Uh, do you have a favorite archetype? Do you have a favorite generic card? Oh, okay. Top three. Top three favorite uh, cards from the list that you would run in your mono white deck. Oh, God. If you had to do uh, three. <laughs> favorite or Pure best? Steel, Core Spirit Dancer, and <clears throat> Secret Rendezvous? <laughs> I mean, I think that's the number one. Those are my two favorite archetype-specific draws, and I think Secret Rendezvous is going to win the generic card draw battle. Okay. Uh, I think for me, I'm going to go with probably Welcoming Vampire. Uh, I, I, and then, of course, I, I, I guess, like... It, I feel like I have to pick the white cards. It's unfair if I pick War Room and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with... And, like, the artifacts. So I'm going to go with... 
uh, welcoming vampire Aww. and uh, God, there's so many bad cards here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> come on, Chris. Wall of Omens, uh, yes. Pre- pretend vampire, it's an Esper deck and, 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 and Mentor of the Meek. These are the cards I would probably play out, out of all these cards right now. There's okay. so many S tier cards here that I can't choose, but I think top three, top three, not ironically, like actual top three is Secret Rendezvous, Land Tax, S for Sentinel. And then you can argue over the ordering of how you want to prioritize them. And some of them aren't truly S tier because you can't play Land Tax in five color, right? But, you know, where you can actually play them, I think they're auto includes. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of close. I'm Land Tax. Pure Steel Paladins, Sage's Reverie. I think those are <laughs> I think those are the ones. Reverie in there. <laughs> those are my favorites. Like they, have, you have to be in specific archetypes, except for the land tax. Land tax goes anywhere. Land tax is fantastic. No, no, um, uh, no love for uh, what's the enchantment? Pursuit of knowledge. No. <laughs> I, I want to see somebody run it though. That'd be fun. We've never even played the card. Yeah. I just I just don't want to be the person who does it because I want to be the person who disenchants the person who does it. You know yeah, exactly. You never play the card, right? Like, right. Hey Seth, we're friends, right? Yeah, yeah of course. You, you need to play a lich deck where you incentivize everyone to destroy all your stuff at all times. <laughs> but if you ever untap with it, you're about to pop off. Yeah, you start start with your secret rendezvous and go from there. <laughs> all right. We we got there. We got through you know a whole numbered list, or not even a numbered list. There's like a bunch of cards. Hopefully that was insightful. Let us know your favorite uh, white card draw in mono white decks. Uh, leave a comment down below. Uh, tell us your hot take on Secret Rendezvous. We love reading those stuff as well. Um, and yeah, like and subscribe and all that good stuff. And until next time, friends. See you.